Welcome to season seven of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise on facilitating leadership learning. Are you passionate about leadership education? Do you want to expand your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning, and program design? Then this is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Hello, and welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I am Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University. And I'm Dan Jenkins, Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine. And we are both thrilled to start our seventh season of the Leadership Educator Podcast. We are thrilled to start. This is awesome. I'm excited um, that we are still uh, doing this through the pandemic, Mm -hmm. through changes in work, through changes in in school and stuff like that. This is great that we're still on this uh, path. Uh, We always start our seasons out with an episode that outlines our history, talks about the focus of the season, and then talks about some of our commitments. So you get a sense of who we are and why we're doing this podcast and, you know, kind of updates on on our life and on the industry. Um, So we started in July of 2019. Dan sent me an email asking if I was interested. I immediately said yes. And we had our first meeting on August 23rd, 2019. So we can even tell you the date we started, which is amazing. Uh, We spent the first few months planning our season and then started recording in January, 2020. We actually finished recording our first season before the pandemic started and we were already releasing episodes. We were about halfway through that season We're actually halfway through the second season before the pandemic forced everyone inside and home. Um, Fortunately for us, we were able to maintain our commitment to the podcast and continuing conversations. And and what we didn't know then was um, we ended up being a space where leadership educators could really turn to in that, like our most popular episode is still navigating COVID, um, where we talked about how are we adjusting our classes and what best practices are out there that could possibly help others as we're going through this major change. Um, Our mission has always been, you know, how do we keep the conversation going um, between conferences? Um, Dan and I actually saw each other regularly, multiple times a year, um, and we would catch up here and there, occasionally sing the fight song because we're both Florida State graduates, um, doing so when appropriate. Um, But we were fortunate that um, our mission still fit what was happening in, in the world. People were disconnected from regular events and interactions they've become accustomed to. Um, we can still keep our goal of having our listeners and each episode, you know, we still have resources, strategies, and questions. And so it's it's been exciting to, it's really been exciting and a blessing to continue this work. Right, Dan? Absolutely. And we make Get to see each other this year. Um, you stop we... it. Because if we do, people are going to be like, why are they so, why are they being like this? And it's because we haven't seen each other in almost three years. That's like a record. I think it is. I think it is because we ran into each other, like you said, regularly, at least once a year, usually twice a year, whether it was at ALE or ILA or LEI or NASPA or 
or something. And gosh, it's been it's been since the uh, where we tracked it back right to the December 2018 LEI in Orlando, right? The Leadership yes. Educators Institute, and so um, and and they'll be there this this December uh, LEI in New Orleans, and so so y'all should check that out. But yeah, we haven't seen each other since before the the pandemic, and um, absolutely over the moon excited to to reconnect and then hopefully to have an opportunity to do some uh, a couple of live recordings at at conferences this year and so that's in the works and we'll definitely share that with our audience as as that unfolds so but you know since since we started so we've had we hit another milestone um over the summer we've uh, surpassed 20,000 downloads of our episodes so thank you so much to our listeners for for that and for sharing it with their networks and we're now listened to in um, over 87 countries. We've uh, posted 81 episodes. This will be our 82nd episode, if I'm counting everything correctly. And um, it is just fantastic. Anytime that anyone reaches out and says, oh, I listened to your podcast or, um, or I'm sharing this resource with you know a colleague or someone in my network or, or what have you. And it's just, it's so rewarding to be able to put this out in, in the ether and, uh, and to get a positive response from, uh, from our community of practice. Yeah, we love it when we hear that. And, and with this season, we actually, so we started brainstorming uh, earlier this year in May. Um, we're recording later in this year in September. Uh, we tossed around a few ideas before landing on mentoring leadership educators. So in our seventh season, we are shifting our focus to advancing the leadership education community of practice by exploring exemplary mentor-mentee relationships in the field, as well as learning from scholars who write, speak, and develop mentoring programs in higher education. We started, I think our conversation started a little bit around kind of, you know, kind of who helps you, who do you go to for guidance? We talked a little bit about our, our mentors and peer mentors. I had just had a, a conversation with someone who had lost their mentors. And, you know, and I was thinking like, where do you go when that happens? I don't, you know, who, who tells you or who coaches you or what do you do? Or, or now I'm at the age, I lie about being 25, but I'm not but I'm at the age where my mentors are retiring. Like one did pass away during COVID, um, but my mentors are retiring. And so some of the workplace challenges, you know, them being, you know, out on the golf course or in community service, you know, it may not apply. Right. And so we thought this was a timely topic, right, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's such a fun and interesting idea. We've got some good responses from our smaller, smaller, tighter network that we've just kind of bounced the idea off on. And this idea of advancing the, our community of practice, because we're, you know, we're helping and, and certainly trying to support and, and advance our community of practice through the work of the podcast and bringing folks together to have conversations and share ideas. And we reflected on, well, who has had impact on us in this space? And, you know, lo and behold, it's it's our mentors, um, you know, in many in many ways. And, you know, Lauren helped me to think uh, and expand my expand my thought process and open my mind about, you know, mentors aren't just those folks that are, you know, more seasoned than you. But, you know, what about peer mentors, which I'd only really thought about in the context of like, peer teaching, peer mentors, you know, like orientation leaders or, you know, juniors mentoring soft, you know, freshmen in, in a college setting or something like that. I never really thought about peer mentors because I had the blinders up for some reason, but thinking about peer mentors as professional mentors, right? I mean, we certainly go to individuals in our field that, um, you know, we can learn from. And, you know, I think I may have brought this up in a 
in a former episode, but I'm but but I'm not sure. But I was when I was doing some soul searching um, and getting my strengths, uh, Clifton Strengths coaching certification. Gosh, maybe five six years ago, they have a podcast. Um, that Gallup puts out called like theme Thursday. I think it was called, and I've taken the strengths fight only three times ever, but competition came up in two of the three times that I've taken it in my top five. And I'm like, oh, I don't really relate to that one except with trivia, <laughs> but otherwise I don't really relate to that one. So I was trying to figure it out. And, and the, that particular episode was talking about how folks with competition, sometimes it's they're at competition with themselves. And, and I was having a one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, conversation with one of Gallup's coaches and they said, well, who do you tend to work with? And I was like, well, you know, folks that challenge me. And and he, she's like, let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, and so it really opened my eyes to what that is. And so thinking about, oh, you know what, these are probably almost undeniably my peer mentors are the folks that I know that if I work with, um, I'm going to stretch myself to as, as much as I can, because I want to be accountable to them and respect them for all the knowledge that, that they bring to the field or that the things that I can learn from them, you know, personally and professionally. You know, I think about folks like, like Kathy Guthrie and Scott Allen, who I've, uh, and Corey Seemiller, who I've had opportunities to work with and who are some of the hardest working professionals in our field. And any opportunity I get to work with them, I I take because I know I'm going to be pushed and stretched and I would absolutely consider them to be peer mentors. So I could 100% see competition in you for sure. <laughs> it doesn't even surprise me. I, and, and not in a, a bad way, but I, I believe that you are so successful at what you do because you're always pushing the envelope and you're not resting on your laurels. And and I, I see it in a way as you like to build on other folks' work. So if you see a great idea, you'll totally go to that person and say, this is wonderful. And have you thought about these things? And, and just you're adding those ideas to that space. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Competition, <laughs> competition is there. And then I think some of your humility comes from not feeling like you've done enough. Like if you've retired, you've written the book, you've written the articles, you know, you've contributed greatly to our conferences. So I definitely can see that. And I think with strengths, that's a major theme, like the blind spot, like you may not mm -hmm. see it, but those around you can definitely see it. So that, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> and now I want to get a map out. We should have done a team strengths map, Dan. We didn't do that. <laughs> Well, we talked about it in one of our first meetings. If we're, you know, going down memory lane, I'm, I'm ninety nine percent sure we talked about our, our strengths finder uh, top five. <laughs> we, we need a map. We oh, do, right, right. We gotta do a map. <laughs> anyway, so back to our discussion. So uh, I'm also, you know, I'm really excited to learn about some of the research in the field and hear some of the conversations like, you know, full disclosure, we already recorded one and it was, if we didn't record another episode of the podcast, that episode could just be like, it was so meaningful to witness this discussion of uh, the mentor-mentee relationship and see how it kind of expanded beyond just working together. Like we talked to two people who really just genuinely love each other as people and have also contributed greatly to the field. And we're, we're not going to talk about the specifics because we want you to listen to that episode. But that was really exciting. It, it was like an unintended consequence. And I feel like Dan and I were just privy to something incredibly special um, that I know for me is a top moment in in the years we've been recording this podcast. Um, I'll also be excited to we have we have um, some authors coming on who have are going to talk about their research around mentoring diverse leaders. So we know that diversity 
broadly is always on our minds and we're always pushing to be better and learn more. And so I'm excited for that conversation to, to hear some, some of what they share from their findings, but then also a little bit about the genesis of where that came from. So always excited to have our guests on. Um, and we just generally always got positive responses from the folks that we invited. Uh, Dan, what are you excited about? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about some of the some of the guests that we've got confirmed, and we're hopeful to have so Bill Smedic, who we've had on the podcast before, who talked about NACA. I think back in our first first season, um, so one of his primary mentors that he had, that he's talked about was Kathy Allen, um, and so to have them on and talk about their mentor mentee relationship. Also, Susan Kamavez and and John Dugan, we're excited to to have them on to talk about um, that mentor mentee relationship that has transcended a, a fair amount of the field. And and they're two folks that obviously have had a tremendous influence on the uh, I guess the evolution of leadership education and uh, our our own mentors. We're excited to hopefully we will bring some of them on to to talk about and and maybe. Uh, probably embarrass ourselves a bit um, and have some fun with those conversations to talk about peer mentoring in a little bit more depth and uh, hopefully get some additional expertise around that topic. And also learning more from um, some guests we have lined up uh, about mentoring across gender and racial boundaries, because um, that can certainly be um, a challenge. And historically, there's not as much mentor-mentee uh, relationships that, that do cross those boundaries um, than perhaps uh, there should and could be. That's wonderful to hear. And, and again, we, we share a little bit about what's coming up so that people can be excited. Um, all right, so the last two, we have two more parts for our intro episode. The first is what we're up to this uh, semester. And I'll say it's, it's beginning of the fall 2022. For my faculty peers, I have no new course preps. I'll say it again. I have no new course preps. Shame on you, Lauren. Shame. <laughs> Well, and it's it's cool because it allows me to give some t give time and attention to improving the courses I already have. I, I work kind of in constant um, in that mode of just always looking to be a better instructor, to connect more in positive ways and create positive learning spaces. Um, this is the first year where we we pretty much know we're going to be back in person. Um, whereas other years it's been, you know, up in the air due to COVID. So it's it's nice to not have that as a situational factor leading in. Um, I also am uh, the managing partner for a sports coaching business named Stretch. Um, I support sports professionals, both pro both pro and college in exploring, you know, who they are as leaders and how they're communicating that to others. Uh, it's been incredibly fulfilling to do this work. And I've leaned on some of the things I've learned in the podcast and just in general practice to, to bring it into that space. For those who don't know, I actually thought I was going to be an athletic director when I graduated from college. I have a degree in sport and recreation management and a master's in athletic administration. And I thought I was going to be an AD. And what I learned was I'm better at working with folks and just hearing their stories and, and their styles and bringing the knowledge and experience that I have in communication to that space. Um, and then last, um, I'm, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel in my doctoral work. I don't want to jinx myself by saying where I am, but the thing I find is with every episode, I get a ton of resource recommendations, especially last season when we talked to folks in higher education, teaching and pedagogy. And so in between the episode preparation and what people share, I've, I've gone in and been able to dig deeper into my like lit review and into my study and really craft 
my my work so that it's reflective of what I'm interested in, but also is is contributing to the literature in the field. So my hope is by the end of the season, I'll be able to update uh, my Twitter handle to reflect, you know, my change in, in educational status. So that's what I'm doing. How about you, Dan? What are you up to? So I guess the the biggest news probably. Um, so my promotion to full professor in my department was uh, is is official now that uh, September first has has come and gone. And so um, I tell you, it's such a hurry up and wait um, type of experience in higher education as these uh, how long these processes take. But I'm um, very excited that uh, my. Uh, my service as department chair after six and a half years came to an end um, at the end of August and uh, started this semester as a full professor. Um, I thought I'd be teaching three classes, but uh, surprise, I'm teaching I'm teaching four um, in order to give one of our uh, junior faculty uh, an opportunity that um, that he's really excited about. And so um, I'm taking on uh, the course that he was going to teach, which was um, our uh, qualitative methods course for our doctoral students. So we we welcomed our third class of PhD and leadership students uh, this year. So a uh, new PhD program that started in in 2000. And so we had our third our third class uh, start with us 19 or is it 18, 18 or 19? I got to remember the new doctoral students. So somehow uh, logistically our, our faculty was able to run three uh, concurrent residencies for our first year, second year, and third year students all at the same time a couple weekends ago. Uh, we pulled it off. The students said it was seamless, but logistically um, it was it was something else because we had one of our junior faculty ha- uh, was coming back from a speaking engagement and his flight got canceled. And so we, we covered I ended up covering for him one morning, and uh, we had some other, some other things. But in the end, um, it was a great experience, and we're so excited to have this uh, new group of students. So I'll be teaching. So we taught that. That's something that all of our uh, full-time faculty co-teach, and then the qualitative methods uh, that I'll be teaching to our second-year doc students, which is which actually works out well because I uh, just finished teaching our advanced qualitative methods course over the summer. So plenty of uh, experience. Um, doing that work, and I really do love both both qual and quad and mixed methods. We can talk about that. Uh, I love I love them all. <laughs> so, um, but also be teaching or am teaching our uh, introduction to leadership seminar, which is uh, pretty much it's all traditional undergrads, which is which is new uh, for me. Usually, there's quite a mix because we do have a lot of non traditional students at U University of Southern Maine, but it is all they're definitely all in that eighteen to to twenty eight. Uh, year uh, span. And then I teach our graduate seminar in leadership theory um, and uh, kind of a, well, it's not just leadership theory, but it's also doing that self-work, that self-awareness, that reflection. Um, and that is a mix of our master's students and our doctoral students. And that's a full class. I've got 20, uh, 20 grad students. And we do that in a blended format that meets about every other week. And it is a mix of, and it's about 50-50 this time now that things are um opening up. So I've got usually about, um, I've averaged about 10 in the classroom and 10 online. And we've got all the, we've got like a smart classroom that allows us to do that. And then the last class I'm teaching uh, was actually designed on, I'll have to give credit to to Cheryl Getz over at University of San Diego, who um, designed this course when she brought a bunch of students to the ILA Global Conference in San Diego. I want to say 20... 
14. That sounds right. Um, and I, and I went to a session where she was talking about this. I said, this is awesome. I want to do this too. And, uh, uh, graciously shared her syllabus. And so we modeled our course after that. We have 19 students from USM coming, going to the global conference. And I am just so excited to be able to, uh, not only share the ILA, uh, all the ILA has to offer with our students, but also share our students with the ILA community and all the great things that they're up to. Um, many are presenting, some are going for the first time. Uh, we've got a couple undergrads. Hopefully we'll, we'll do, uh, we'll field a team in the student case competition. Um, and so just really, really excited about all of that. Um, what else am I doing? Um, I would say working on some studies on followership um, with some of the work we've done with the collegiate leadership competition and also working on some materials and workshops for uh, followership education among some other emerging projects. Uh, so that's that's what I've been up to. Let's see, what else, Lauren? We've got some conferences coming up, right? We're talking a little bit about the, the ILA conference. So that is online. Uh, the 24th Global Conference, uh, October 6th and 7th, and then on site in DC, October 13th to the 16th. Again, if you hear screaming in the hallways, that's Lauren and I um, <laughs> at our reunion. <laughs> um, we'll just be so happy to, to see each other. And then Leadership Educators Institute um, is in New Orleans, December 14th to 16th. And that is a uh, co-sponsored um, event by the National Clearinghouse for Leadership Programs, NASPA, and ACPA. And then there's one other one that's not in our show notes, but I wanted to um, make sure to share. So there's going to be a global followership conference that is being put together by a bunch of folks that kind of emerge from the followership member community in the ILA. And this is the second time that they've done this. It was in Canada in 2019, if I'm getting my, my dates right. Um, but there is a um, a full call for proposals out for that already. The event's going to be March 24th to the 26th, 2023 at Christopher Newport University in Newport News, Virginia. And you can check out that call for proposals at www.followershipconference.com. And uh, it would be great to, to see you all there too, as uh, that has become a, a definitely an emerging part of our field. I don't know if we will change the name of our podcast someday to the Followership Educator podcast, but um, <laughs> it is like a, a good spinoff. Like if we decide to branch off and become a pot leadership podcast network, yeah. we have a whole bunch of spinoff titles. Maybe, maybe an April Fool's episode to come. Uh, put that in your, put that in your uh, <laughs> bookmark that, right? So, um, but what, what other conferences are coming up next year, Lauren? Sure. So we, ha we have two that we've actually attended and, and also presented at. So ACPA 2023 is also in New Orleans. I'm not sure why everything is in New Orleans this year, but they're getting a lot of good business. That takes place March 26th to 29th. And then NASPA, an event that we've both attended. I've attended a bunch of regionals and then national when it was in Philadelphia. NASPA 2023 is in Boston, April 1st through 5th. Uh, ACPA is March 26th through 29th. So they're right. It looks like they're about a few days apart from each other. So hopefully you can attend one or try and attend both as they're, they're great conferences, especially for our student affairs professionals and, and those that are teaching in student affairs programs. I've attended both and you get different experiences at both. The, the thing I'll say about ACPA is it's the most inclusive conference I've ever been to in my life. So I value inclusion and I strive to be better about it as every day. And in that space, I've just never seen more folks 
um, like it just the logistics from, I mean, they were using pronouns before other people, you know, they, they just, the, the way in which they celebrate the diversity and the differences of us as people is just unparalleled. I've never, I've, I've yet to see another conference do it as well as they do. Um, and then in terms of NASPA, I was actually scared to go to a NASPA national conference and, but NASPA was where Dan and I sat next to each other and we saw, uh, Justice Sotomayor speak. And, and it was interesting because I went to NASPA National and I kept running into the people I saw at ALE and at LEI and these other places. So I had this weird fear because I thought it was going to be too big. And it turned out uh, while I was kind of missing out on those NASPA Nationals, um, my other friends were, my leadership educator friends were there and in that space. So again, uh, ACPA in New Orleans, March 26th to 29th, NASPA in Boston, April 1st through 5th. And that's that's all we got for conferences, right? Yeah, that's everything on on our radar at the moment. But but who knows with some of these regional and, and special conferences that are popping up with some of the associations. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's interesting. At a NASPA regional, I got told about ALE. And after going to that NASPA regional that same year, I went to ALE and that that was my intro to, to ALE. So I'm very grateful for, for NASPA kind of getting me in more into the leadership community. Yeah, I think that's an interesting piece of going to any of these conferences is sometimes folks will say, well, you know, what, where else do you go for resources and what have you? You know, we had um, three or four folks that were at the Association of Leadership Educators Conference in Kansas City, and that was the end of June, that were hearing about the Leadership Education Academy, which ILA puts on for the first time. And we're like, oh, you know, it's right before the fiscal year. Let me see if I if I can get funding for that. And so a couple of people did say, hey, you know, thanks for sharing that, because I just registered and we ended up seeing them in uh, Silver Spring in uh, early August there, which was, which was a hit that went off extremely well. Great new facilitators that that joined us. We had, you know, some veterans and then four new folks. And, and uh, so I know many of y'all listened to the episode we had on with, uh, with Carrie Priest and Ryan Satterthwaite, and they did an absolutely um, out of this world job as co-leads for uh, the fifth iteration of the Leadership Education Academy. And uh, stay tuned for where that will be uh, next summer as we uh, start our planning phase uh, <laughs> already for the next one. Oh, that's great news. That's great to hear. Uh, well, uh, we'll wrap up our episode. So first, um, you'll get a fresh episode this season every Tuesday morning. We usually go through about the Thanksgiving and beginning of December. Um, we also will continue to add in uh, episodes from our leadership partner with new directions for student leadership. So you'll still hear those episodes. We've got a couple that we're going to, we've already scheduled for recording. So you'll hear those in between the mentoring episodes. And as always, if something pops up or, you know, if you have an idea, you can send it to us. Um, you can email us or, you know, tag us on social media. We love hearing from you and getting ideas about future episodes. Yep. And that wraps up this introduction to season seven of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck this semester. Do you connect with leadership educators virtually? please follow us on social media. Search the Leadership Educator Podcast on LinkedIn to find our page. And find us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod for episode release information, show notes, and upcoming events. You can connect with me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore Leadership. And Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B. That's Miss 
Laura JB. You can find the episodes wherever podcasts are available. We also encourage you to please subscribe at theleadershipeducator.com and rate us five stars as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. We'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management. And our wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matt White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies at the University of South Carolina. Check him out at mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our audience. And finally, we are grateful for the support of two professional associations that are destinations for leadership educators, the Association of Leadership Educators and the International Leadership Association. ALE, which funded the start of the podcast, continues to promote our mission of continuing conversations with leadership professionals. Check out all that ALE has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. The global reach of the ILA has helped us to expand our listenership beyond our original borders. Check out the ILA's programs and resources at ilaglobalnetwork.org.